Well, it has been a very long time to say welcome to Fandom Nonsense. I'm Zach. I am um, <laughs> out of place. <laughs> Do you need me to say first? Yeah. I'm Serena. And I'm also Nolan. <laughs> and we are Rusty. <laughs> uh, Do you always go third? Is that the thing? He always goes, always goes last. Last. Oh. Um. Uh, if it's your first time joining us, welcome. We just uh, sit around every week, except for the last 20, 30 or so of them, yeah. and uh, talk about movies and comic books and whatever interests us. There's really not any hard or fast rule. It's been like six months. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we went out for cigarettes and, you know. Yeah. Just be glad we came back, all right? We didn't ask for you. Yeah, that'll, that'll help. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, we wanted to sit sit back down and uh, talk about the rise of Skywalker. Felt like it was worth actually having the having the conversation. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so we all went and saw it on opening night, and it's Christmas. Merry Christmas! Although it'll be like Friday or Saturday by the time you guys see this, but you Happy know, holidays. whatever. It'll still yeah. be a holiday. Yeah, yeah. It's still holiday season and everything. Mm -hmm. Happy Krampus. Indeed. Um, so where Happy do you guys want to? What? Is it still Hanukkah? No, Hanukkah has been to the way, way before. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's been done. Sometimes it overlaps with Christmas, but it's not okay. the same days every year. Oh, I saw like a card this year that said like it ended on the 30th or something like that. Um, well, besides Hanukkah, where do you guys want to... No, you're good. <laughs> where do you guys want to start? That's a great question. Do we want to like digest the plot first and go scene by scene, or do we want to just jump in? Um... Because so we can do this like pedagogy and then diegesis or the other way, whatever it is. Right. But um, we could just also just, just dump in. like Just dump in. Just dump in, dump out. Okay, so I'm going to start my position and what I'm arguing for is that the notion that this trilogy had no structure and no plan is is completely hogwash and this trilogy actually has stronger themes carried throughout than either of the other two trilogies like what's like what's the like strong character themes that carries from like what's the dialectic of the prequels and the original trilogy you know there's certainly a dialectic in this in this trilogy where i think it falls apart is J.J. doesn't perfectly nail the synthesis in The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I get that. I totally understand what you're saying. I think that there are some connecting themes throughout each of the, the trilogies, but not in the sense that all of them feel like a coherent uh, piece, piece of art. It feels, yeah, it feels like there's a conversation going on between... The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi that, you know, doesn't exist between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back or The Phantom Menace and yeah. Attack of the Clones. You know, like, there's these two juxtaposed right. positions that are kind of duking it out. And I think that The Rise of Skywalker, like, reaches the conclusion that both are going towards... It's just maybe with it being a JJ film, it's a little too skewed towards one perspective, 
or maybe the fact that JD's not good at ending things, it doesn't reach a proper conclusion, but something falls flat about it, but I don't think that it that it just ruins the ruins the trilogy and like, oh, you know, JJ just, just decided to bring Palpatine back as if the books hadn't been pointing to that for the last like four years. Right. Um, or her being a, a Palpatine, even though people have been p putting that together for a while, I discredit it, but. Right. It was, a, it was a, I mean, yeah, it was an obvious fan theory. Yeah. Because like, you, you could have, uh, any number of characters you could have like thought she was related to. And I think that that simultaneously strengthens the the resolve of uh, the belief in in uh, the last Jedi about Rey's uh, uh, heritage not being right not being relevant exactly because on on one hand it, it undermines the point that's being made in last Jedi which is it doesn't uh, doesn't you, it doesn't matter who you came from right but at the same time it also presents a situation wherein she is actively undermining her own uh, uh, genealogy and, and not saying that she is bound by the destiny of her of her uh, birth right but who she is and, and who she wants to be right that, and it I think it again it doesn't perfectly nail it but it finds a way to to build on that and like like I've said before like what what could be once Ray has overcome that that feeling of I come from nothing I have no place in the story what could be more of a challenge in that direction than to find out, oh no, you have a place. You're just you're just supposed to be the villain. Like your place is to be is to be evil. That's your that's your destiny is is to the dark side. And I think that it doesn't perfectly nail it, but the theme I think builds on that while challenging the I uh, the those of us who got comfortable with with the last Jedi mm. in the same way that the last Jedi challenged that thing of she has to be somebody important. You can right. also fall into that trap of, well, she has to be, you know, just Ray. She just has to be nobody. Otherwise it's not her story or whatever. And right. that's why I like her be her calling herself Skywalker at, at the end. She's, she's a, it's a nice button on the whole saga of this, um, there's this drama between the Skywalkers and the Palpatines, and the last, after the Skywalkers are all gone, the last standing Palpatine rejects her name and takes their name and follows their code and way of life. Right. Um, Which you could you could say that that's what all of the Skywalkers did, all of yeah. the relevant Skywalkers, or all of the uh, uh, main character Skywalkers. Because Anakin, you know, whenever he uh, turns at the very end, he makes the same flip that that Ray essentially does, just in the opposite direction. Right. And um, yeah, it's like it's like there's a repeating pattern of of all of these uh, all of these themes in in Star Wars, and I feel like because they're so universal, it's really hard to miss them, and it's really hard to see how people can't appreciate what is actually happening in yeah. in these because none of this feels completely just off the wall, out of thin air, or completely I think that they definitely had like the full rest. thing planned, like knew how they wanted to end, because the beginning of the film was very rushed, so they just didn't know how they were going to fully get there. Right. Right. Which I guess is why people are saying, oh, it wasn't planned, because like some things like might not fit perfectly. No, I, I think the thing with the, with the planning is, 
it wasn't micromanaged like Marvel, which is to its benefit in some ways because these films all have their own signature. Yeah. You know, like you grab a Marvel a Marvel still or scene, and if you don't have the character or whatever, it is some random scene, you can't tell what movie it's from. They, they're all right. shot the same. They all look the they same. They all look yeah. shitty as fuck, honestly. Yeah, they all, yeah, they all look fucking terrible. And... Uh, Infinity War and uh, Endgame, less so. But they all have this problem where it's like the director will just, they'll have, they'll have their main camera, and they'll establish that shot, mm -hmm. and then they'll just have another camera just somewhere, just like wherever the fuck. And then they'll Who just like flip between those to imply action is happening, right? Or to just like have more uh, sh like stuff in the scene. Whereas like a good director will be like, all right, we have one camera, we're setting up for this. Yeah. If the director of photography doesn't like this shot, we're going to keep doing it until we get it right. Right. And then the movie has a coherent feel, and that's what this movie feels mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. we got, that's like, what quite all three of these movies feel like. What? We got like quite a bit of dutch angles too. Yeah. Yeah, they they did they did a lot of a lot of stuff like that to to there's a, there's a pretty good sense of film film grammar in this mm -hmm. more so than the other Disney action movies. Oh, absolutely. And I think that has to do with with the direction, obviously. But I, I wish I wish there was more purple. Um, because That's a the good point. the Force Awakens is very blue, and the yeah. Last Jedi is very red. You know, like those are the very dominant colors in those. In those movies, and I wish it, that's kind of like a subtle thing. There's yeah. a lot of blue and greens in this movie, so it's like it's like reinforcing the 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 thesis of of the Force Awakens, and subtly introducing some other other things in the in the color. And color is very very important yeah. to Star Wars. I mean, it's important in general, but it's very important in Star Wars. There's and a lot that's, of uh, black and neutral colors in this yeah. one. There's a lot of like darkness and and ambiance and uh, like all the sets are like really really vast and open seeming. Ian, I thought about the second time wa watching it um, and, and taking it in a little bit a little bit more. People, I, I'm sure that there's augment to it, but some of it, the part of the scaffolding shit she's running on had to be real. People build that fucking Death Star set. Yeah. You know, like, can you imagine? Like, some of the sets in this movie are just outrageous. Uh, from a cinematic point, this movie is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. The sets and the cinematography and the lighting and color color design. It, um, you can tell a lot about a movie by the color palette, too. Mm -hmm. Like, you could almost deconstruct the entire tone of a movie by the color palette and the lighting. Someone... Um, took the first uh, six Star Wars movies and going by release order and they like decoded like the main like colors in them and it progressively gets darker and darker until you get to episode three where you finally get into into red. Yeah. You know, it's like just... I, whenever I think of like episode one, it's all tans, it's mm -hmm. all... Uh, yep. Yeah, it's all like sandy, sandy uh, uh, vistas and stuff like that. It's just like... Tans and like I, I just see uh, like a, a, a sea of beige and then Mace Windu's lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, did you guys end up watching the Mortis arc that night? No, we didn't. Damn it. Yeah, no, you definitely need to. I wish you would have seen that before because that makes that makes it easier to to grasp like some of the things that are 
that are going on because I think that well, I've, some, I've seen it. I know you have. Yeah. Um, I meant for meant for goose. Right. But I think that's what's what's going on in a certain level with Ray and Kylo, is yeah, is some level of uh, of the brother sister kind of kind of bond of the of being the balance but instead of instead of it being the brother is the dark side and the sister is the light they both there's you know it's a it's a yin and yang there's there's light in the dark and dark in the light and they create a create a balance towards each other this Absolutely. movie like did a really good job of illustrating that as well yeah yeah Kylo's arc might be it's it's definitely in my top three of, of all the characters because he he has so much depth and uh, distance in between his in, uh, his 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 plot points mm -hmm. and you, like you can see all the wheels turning and yeah. Adam Driver's great yeah absolutely um, so it's, yeah it's just fucking awesome to see it's awesome like and it all feels earned it all it yeah. all felt earned like uh, the only thing like. Character-wise, in the new trilogy, I feel like people people insisted upon uh, Ray being a uh, what, what do you what do you call Mary it? Mary Sue. Mary Sue, and I I didn't get too much of that, but I got like a, a taste of it in the Force Awakens. Um, but I mean, she would have to have had those skills anyway, right? Just do it, living her life and being who she was. Like Luke was uh, uh, an amazing shot in in uh, the New Hope. Yeah, yeah. Just because he was you know blasting womp rats, right? Whatever. Um, you know, murdering small animals, yeah. as you do. And, <laughs> uh, I mean, he lives on t t Tatooine, so. Right, yeah. You, you can only drink so much blue milk <laughs> before you start killing small, small things. No, I, I don't know. Like, first of all, which, which argument? Like, the fact that she has, like, you know, melee capabilities. Uh, it was more the acrobatics. Perfect. It was like the, uh, but I guess, you know, her being force sensitive and her having to do all that shit. Right. Like, if you just think about it for a second, it makes more sense. It makes more and more sense, especially because Star Wars has this built-in uh, device with the force wherein all characters can exhibit right. at times uh, drastic power changes or just having, like, uh, Attributes that relate to their character, yeah. and like ever since she was a child, she was doing parkour basically to get what she needed to do right. done. Well, so uh, it's like it's not too far off to just be like she learned all that stuff in order to survive, and then when she went through the training, it just got stronger. Right. So, I think it's less believable to think that Finn is capable of anything just because he has stormtrooper training. Right. <laughs> like some somebody pointed pointed out a, a good way uh, <laughs> in the. Star Wars Cantina subreddit, which, um, hi guys, which is the only good Star Wars subreddit. It's like the only like positive one. People aren't shitting on it the entire time. But like talking about like how you interpret the movies and everything. And he's like, I, I see the canon as, as that's history. Like that happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So the questions about like the meta of it and you know, this whatever, like, story, like, doesn't make sense, blah, blah, blah. Like, treat it as, that's a historical document, and what does what does that tell you? Like, what can you pick up, learn from the story and everything? What are the themes and all of that? But I view Star Wars, at least the, 
the saga um, on a different level than I see things like like Marvel movies or something. Like it is very specifically religious mythology is yeah. what it's set out to be and what it's trying to be. And so even though it doesn't always, you know, it doesn't always perfectly fit its medium or whatever, that's secondary to, you know, the film is what it is and this is the saga and the three trilogies that we have. So even though there are some that I wish had been a little bit different than the way that we got them, sure. You know, this is just, this is what it is. So how, I'm not really interested in the conversation of, uh, well, Ryan would have done it this way. I do think that Ryan would have taken this exact same movie and made it better. Sure. But that's not what we have. I think he would have taken more risks. That's, but yeah, I mean, like, it doesn't, it doesn't serve us at all to, like, ask what if about all the moving parts in, in right. the Star Wars Or to argue universe. about, like, who's, like, who's disrespecting who or blah, 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 as if there's not a story group that's in charge of all of it and trying to keep it all on a track to all, like, line up and work out perfectly and everything. But, so, within the, so with that in mind, within the, within the context of the saga, on first impressions, how does, how does Nine rank for you? I was thinking about this actually as we came out of the theater, and I think for me it's uh, it's five seven or no fuck it five eight mm -hmm. uh, four nine uh, three six one two. What about seven? Did I miss seven? You missed seven. Okay. Uh, I think you put seven in like the fifth place. I'm going to put seven right before six. Right before six? Yeah. Yeah. What do you, do you have? Please don't. Oh, okay. my God. That's fine. Well, can you give us your top three? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um... New Hope. I think that's number one. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I, which one was it? I liked Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. And then this one. Really? Yeah, I think so. Really? I don't, no, it's I been it. so long since, like, watching all the other movies, and this one, the way that it was all, it all came together. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Because even, like, you said when we left the movie theater, this is probably one of the best endings of all of them. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. it's the best end of it, any of the trilogies. Yeah. Yeah. But they all kind of, well, I guess I guess uh, Revenge was better, I think, than 1 and 2. Oh, absolutely. But Return of the Jedi ruins right. the original trilogy. Right. So. Yeah. And that's like one of the issues, isn't it, though? Yeah. No. I Especially like when trying to rate all of them. I feel like you think right. of it in like a line. Yeah. Right. That, that one just feels like an overcorrection to me. I feel like that's. Jedi? Yeah. As far as tone. Because yeah. five is so dark. Yeah. And you know, they're trying not to alienate the kids, even though the kids fucking love that one because it's I think the problem with with five and it's the problem that infects Star Wars really up into um until episode eight, which I mean sure it still exists there, it's just Ryan over overcame it or at least looked in it in the eye. But it's it's the merchandising 
aspect of Star Wars. Mm. Like the Kenner toys were taking off. It was like that whole plan of, of George like retaining the merchandising control of it and everything. And so he sees he sees money and he reaches the point in the in the prequels that the story suffers because honestly Palpatine like Darth Maul should have been the villain throughout all three of the of the prequels. He would have been a lot more compelling than yeah. just like a senator doing political shit. Yeah, and like the prequels used to be my favorite of the trilogy growing up. I mean, those yeah, were the first we, ones that yeah, I watched same. as right. well. Yeah. And like but like getting older, seeing all the issues that are with it and like Right. I mean I just take take Django or not even take Django Fett out, but keep Django Fett as the as the template for the clones, but have Darth Maul in Attack of the Clones as the assassin sent to kill kill Padme. Right. You know, like mm -hmm. keep him there until Vader kills him aboard the um, the Invisible Hand at the beginning of Episode Three. But they needed a new toy to sell each movie, so right. you kill Darth Maul and you get Jango Fett and you get General Grievous. Right. We could have had all of them though. You could have, I, I like. Could have, I, I really I like Grievous. It's just he does feel like the most. I'm a toy. Character oh, absolutely. Of yeah. Four uh, lightsabers. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely a toy. It's like a fold-up robot. He's a fucking transformer. He's a transformer that jammed yeah. into Star Wars. Which um, leads me to to my ranking, which goes um, bottom to top. Uh, Attack of the Clones. Phantom Menace, uh, Return of the Jedi, hmm. and then um, in the next three, I would say uh, Force Awakens. Hmm. It's a hard call between Rise and Revenge, yeah. honestly. Like, they're very similar movies. Like, like there's a lot of, of things of they... The themes and everything is is right there. There's just some flaws in execution that stop them from being really, really great movies. Um, but I'm probably going to say right now, probably Rise. I think like, the a fact little... that everyone feels like they deserve what they got and what happened in Rise makes it yeah. a lot better than Revenge for me. Um, and then the top three are really, really hard, and I go back and forth on those. Me too. I just um, have to bear down on it yeah because new hope and uh empire flip all the time for me it depends on which one i've seen last honestly i'm gonna say at this point a new hope and last jedi flip for me yeah like uh, yeah it's I'm, like they're I'm all pretty, in a swirl i'm pretty solid that if it's between the last jedi and empire last jedi is gonna win for me and if it's between a new hope and empire then a new hope is going to win for me right I think um, I think on on a movie level, on just like an, uh, an enjoyment for watching level, mm -hmm. that I would put Last Jedi above all three of those. But like there are contextual things about right. New Hope and Empire that make it more pleasant for me, both nostalgia and just like the overall context of what those movies meant for for other movies at the time, right. and like how they, you know. That's what I like. That's why I love. Uh, a New Hope. Empire, honestly, can take itself a bit too seriously. Oh, for sure. For me. Yeah. Um, and, of course, The Last Jedi can 
can as well. Mm. But it to me it it recaptures that thing about Star Wars that was that went missing at the end of Empire when when Vader cut off his hand and you find out who Luke is that forever changed the dynamic of Star Wars from being just a kid on an, on an adventure and a and a King Arthur parallel right to like a this is destiny to, right and yeah. they're tied together by their blood and that's right. what's relevant to, to all of this right and um well, it made it feel like everything was... Uh, there's a lot more context playing than what we realized. Right, yeah. Everything was planned out from the beginning. But the thing right. is, it, it really, really wasn't. It just worked out worked out that way. Like, right. you know, if, if it was planned out from the beginning, then Luke and Leia wouldn't have made out three times. Oh, yeah, right. no, I mean, like, it Ooh, felt yeah. like... Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, no, a fucking retcon for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, and... That's, and the way I, and I would ask how you, um, like how you internalize your, your ranking, because to me it goes art, spectacle, and commercial is how I, is how I view my, my tier. Like right. the top three are just good movies. Revenge, Rise, and The Force Awakens aren't as good but they're beautiful and fun and exciting, and the others oh, they're okay. But I can see the dollar signs in right. in them. To me, like some of them, I think generally my whole my whole spectrum for for these movies is ha what I felt when I was watching them, how how I understood the movies, just just on on face value. Yeah, and. You know, I think some of them suffered just because of direction and and like filmography, and and just just all that that fucking technical shit. But you know, the sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but the, I think the only Star Wars movie that I don't think is absolutely gorgeous from a cinematic level is Return of the Jedi. I think every other movie, really? yeah, I think every other movie. For why? What? For why? I just think that it's. That it's dull and and bland and like it's really just like oh we're in a forest. Okay, that's what I was gonna ask. I couldn't remember what most of the scenes were. Yeah, Return of the Jedi where it was. Like yeah. the the throne room is is good. It's it's not framed very well and ex and exciting. It feels yeah. more cramped than the rest of uh, yeah those kinds of scenes. Yeah, like in um, the Last Jedi, that feels like a smaller room, but it feels more cinematic in there. Right. Well, I mean, like, compare probably up until this movie, the best lightsaber fight, like actual lightsaber on lightsaber fight of the whole saga at episode five and Luke against Vader. Right. Uh, to, to the throne room scene. Like, the, the color, the atmosphere and everything, like, that's a beautiful, beautiful scene, and Return is just so dull and bland and everything. And, like, I don't know, it just... That that movie's the one that seems to most to me like, oh, this was shot on Earth at lo at locations. You know what I mean? Like, it, do it feels right. so grounded in the worst kind of way. Yeah. yeah. I think episode one... I've episode one is close. Right. 
And I only say that now because looking back on it, like the CG is kind of gross, but that's just like, that's just like technological uh, hamperings from, from, you know, yeah, time has passed and it just doesn't look as good anymore. Yeah. But it, it looked, I remember thinking it looked good when I was younger. Well, episode, it may have because episode one has, is one of the, like the only one of the uh, prequels that's been fucked with. Right. You know, like Yoda was a puppet. Yeah. In the original release, and he's right. digital now. Like a Why lot the of the fuck would you do that? God. Now the no, the the puppet Yoda in that movie did not look that great, but when, it was better was than it was a little bad. Hmm. Um, because I think George was planning on re- replacing him digital anyway, and just didn't get to it in time of release, and it, did it later. But I'm not. No, that's. I don't think that Phantom is as pretty as the others, but. Uh, but I think the fact that it still has has a practicality in it gives makes it a little bit more grounded than two and three and and enjoyable. Like I I agree, it's not the not the best. But there's right. some, especially like Naboo and everything. There's some really beautiful right. stuff in. I feel in like Phantom. the storyboard for Episode One was probably a lot lot better looking than the actual right. film turned out to be. Because it's got a wide variety of, of locales and like uh, it it feels totally like a, very different and like lighting changes a lot and right. it's a it's a pretty cool looking movie but uh, but it it suffers as time goes on. And sorry. I mean, but that's just happens whenever movies age because it was right. made what in the very early two thousands. Right. Should should we hone in more on? Uh, I was going to say, like, yeah. sorry, yeah, sorry about jumping all over the place. But right. I mean, it is important to frame this in its proper place as the as the end of the saga and everything. Into you know, it's part part of it. I think is reviewing the whole saga in in context of of this. Yeah. Now that this is there, you know, you can actually like look at the whole whole thing. And I'm looking forward to watching the the whole thing. Uh, what were some of your favorite favorite moments? Oh shit! Oh, when Ray first encounters uh, Kylo in his uh, in his um, his uh, starfighter or whatever whatever model that is, yeah. Uh, the that trailer scene, like I knew it was coming, but it was still so fucking badass. Yeah. God damn, that was such a good sh- oh, that was such a good shot. Oh, and like immediately after that, the scene where Ray does force lightning and and destroys the yeah. support tra- like. Mm-hmm. Ooh, the fucking transport blows up, and she thinks she murders Chewie. Holy shit. Oh, and she's screaming at him. Right. God damn, Daisy Ridley. She's so good. Yeah. You feel her pain. I, like... You were, like, laughing whenever the meditation scene where she was saying, be with me, be with me with the rocks. Yeah. Crossing over in the nuclear symbol. Well, I wasn't laughing. I was saying, if you insist. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. The uh, the Sith planet was actually one of my favorites. Yeah, because All of like it gave me so much anxiety yeah. with the lightning and everything. So ch- so much chills. Right. So creepy. Every time they said this, whatever it was called, I Exegor. just I, every time Exegor. they said Exegor, I didn't Exegor. I did not want to go back. Yeah. I did not want to go back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, oh man, the the starting with a shot of that. Of the fucking Imperial fleet. Yeah. That was such a good move. Because yeah. it's just like immediately stakes are high. There's a fucking fleet of well, Star we, Destroyers who can all blow up planets. Palpatine was actually 
just hanging off like a robot arm. Yeah. Yeah. That was neat. I found it completely disgusting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, all the Snokes in the clone in the chambers. Clone chamber? Ugh. Mm -hmm. There's like super gross. The glass. Yeah. So, I think this movie answers why the imp or why the Imperial Remnant wants Yiddle. Oh, you think so? Mm-hmm. So why do they want the child? Because the Empire wants Force-sensitive children, probably, I mean, originally to kill them. Yeah, I was going to say, like, any straight-up murdered. Yeah, <laughs> but how is Palpatine living? What is he getting his his life force from? Oh, shit. Force. Yeah. Sensitive people, because he took Ray and Kylo's. Yeah, he's just been, like, stealing life force from people. Fuck. And, yeah, if he ever got a hold of... Do you think, like, he's been slowly stealing it from, like, his minions as, like, they kidnap uh, kids, or... No, I think it's like a, probably like a sacri sacrificial thing, because, um, and it it took some like some some lore reading and watching it again to really get what's going on, but the the whole thousand year plan of the Sith and the rule of two and everything, the way it actually works is when. When the apprentice inevitably kills the master, the essence of the master passes on into the apprentice, yeah. mm -hmm. along with all the other Sith right. before yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think that, A, I think that that's, that it's something like that, like, they're killing, they're sacrificing the kids, and kind of like when you when you kill an animal and when you do it when it's afraid it releases pheromones and and stuff when you kill a, a child and it's terrified then that dark that dark force energy is able to be absorbed by by the sith and Makes i think sense. that that the um all the people in robes are just like a manifestation of all of the sith that it came before palpatine that makes sense yeah it also feels like the 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 visual metaphor of what the Sith and the Jedi represent is really strong in this one because the 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 Empire and the Sith are all about the consolidation of power. It's yeah. all about funneling power towards uh, like a, an individual's purpose right. and making sure that Palpatine's will is manifest. Yeah, that's basically the whole thrust of his of his plan is that he just. He wants everything to be under his under his thumb, which you know, what I wish you know we knew what brought Palpatine to that place. That might be a good a good uh, that might be one of the only only spinoffs I'd be like super interested in seeing is uh, like a Palpatine origin story. Like what a what was he like as a as a youth? I I don't know. I don't really want to know. Yeah, I don't either. I, don't I think it'll demystify it. But what I'm saying is, the I would like to to have contextually an understanding of what creates that kind of person because it seems like 
we just take for granted, oh, Palpatine is evil, he's the leader of the Sith, he wants to, to, to fucking eliminate the Jedi, and, but like, why? Like, what, what is power really doing for him? He just, like, has it, and... Well, I mean, if you go by the, I don't know, if you go by the example of, of pure evil in the real world, of, you know, of your Hitler's and George W. Bush's, and, and your it Mitch seems, McConnell's, yeah, I got it. Yeah. yeah, then it seems like art school is the common trend that, <laughs> was it him that we talked about was like the um his mom was like raped or something forcibly was that him that we talked about palpatine's mom yeah N- no or no. S- no um i was about to bring up though uh Lindsay ellis has made it a made a point on twitter to point out that palpatine fucks um palpatine does fuck apparently yeah that's fucked up how does Palpatine fuck? Probably through his robe. It's just dusty <laughs> skeleton under there. Yeah. Well. They gave him a Voldemort movie type death. It was like completely insane because he just turns into dust and like screaming. Yeah. While in the air. Oh yeah, he gets struck with his own lightning, which is fitting. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. No, there's. There's a lot of really subtle ways, and not always the best, but that this movie ties in the the themes, and and the like, the whole uh, impetus of the of the saga, like the if if Ray had struck him down, then he would have in anger, then he would have passed into her. And the cycle would have continued, and the Jedi would have been over. Right. But because she deflected his attack back at him, he destroyed himself, and therefore he he broke the cycle by by killing himself. And it's uh, it's a perfect manifestation of that line of Yoda's that never got taken seriously. You know, a Jedi uses his uses the Force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. You know, like the Jedi are supposed to be uh, pacifists and peacekeeping and defenders of the peace, but not warriors. Um, and the fact that 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 a pacifist move like that is what ended it, and and it worked with both. Uh, carrying over that that theme and that that lesson and everything, and also breaking the cycle of of the Sith. That was uh, that was a great great moment. I loved the I loved the end of the movie. Right. What would have happened if Kylo had killed him? Do you think? Um. Would he have? He would. Yeah, he would have just gotten the manifest. Yeah. Like yeah, he, he would have just he, he would have taken been, on. Yeah. And like, and within a like. What would it mean for for the character? Then he would have. You know, it's it's a thing in a lot of, a lot of stories that deal with the, psychology of of murder, or of of revenge in any any way like like that. If he had killed Palpatine, in in anger and struck him down with his lightsaber, then he would have just been reconsumed by the, by the dark side and by that that lust of that empty feeling that that provides. Yeah. So if you seek revenge, remember to uh, 
want to dig two graves or have two coffins or... Oh, I thought you were going to say don't use a lightsaber. <laughs> Fair enough. But, yeah, it also paralleled uh, Luke's thing in return. I'm like, he kind of, like, was in the midst of making the mistake that Ray decided not to make. Right. But... I mean, like, this whole series is basically, like, it ends where it begins. It's yeah. all just a reflection on something that happened previous. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's why people were so upset with, uh, whatever the first one of this trilogy is called. The Force Awakens. Yeah, because they feel like it was just a mirror of New Hope. I mean, it is, in a way, but, uh, it deviates enough to where it's a, a separate entity. Like, yeah. I, I didn't watch it thinking, oh, this is just a New Hope with a different skin on it. It does kind of feel like that and at times because they're like hitting a bunch of beats. That's what J.J. loves about, about directing, I think, is that he's just like, all right, I'm going to engage the audience by reverting to what they already recognize. And you see a lot in this movie of that, but not so much that it destroys the pacing or right. takes you out of the story. It all just sort of feeds into it, which is what I, what I appreciate about J.J. and also why I think Ryan is, is better. Yeah. So should we move into like and like specific scenes yeah yeah i mean we've, we've been we've been diving what specific plot scene do you want to talk about you oh well, All right. you brought it up yeah <laughs> shit <laughs> well, we just want to talk about any of the new characters that have like been introduced oh oh okay we can do that uh fucking my my top tier is uh uh oh what fuck babu freak babu freak <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. It's so adorable. I love that little dude. Jesus. So much fucking charisma. Yeah. He stole the show for for those scenes. Like I think that's why he isn't the in whole more. Movie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even in the end, whenever he comes back, he's just like, hey. Yeah, and the fact that he's a fucking practical effect and he fits perfect. Yeah. Ah. That's great. Uh that whole that whole subplot with C3PO is pretty great too. I was gonna say, like Cried. Definitely, Ray and Ray and Kylo, as always, um, carried this movie. Mm -hmm. But this was absolutely C three PO's movie, and he was so so good. This yeah. was the C three PO's like crowning performance of the whole whole saga. Yeah, he had like a lot of his best lines ever in this. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. Just like, oh, that's Babu Frick. He's one of my oldest, oldest friends. friends. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and Dio. I love Dio. Is Dio the name of the... Uh, oh, uh, yeah, that's this little yeah. Sith robot. Right. Little Sith droid. Oh, yeah, he's really great. Oh, some, oh my heart broke whenever uh, CP... Was it C-3PO that said someone probably abused him? No, it was Ray. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because she went to touch him. He said, no, thank you. Yeah. Right. Never underestimated droid. Yeah, let's... Let's talk about Leia. Um, I was genuinely surprised, almost to the point that the second time, it didn't take me out of it, but it was like, I was trying to piece together, like, what was this actually shot for originally? Like, some of her, like, the way they put Leia into the movie was so right. seamless. That was really great. Mm. Uh, yeah, there I were outtakes of, like, they were the outtakes of the, yeah. Force, of the right. Force Awakens, mostly, yeah. Right, but like, there's a scene where Leia's training Rey, like on right. a Force planet. Right, that was 
that was going to be a thing in The Force right. Awakens, apparently? Yeah. They uh, talked about the end. Hmm? They talked about the end of The Force Awakens, I thought. No, the end of The Force Awakens, she goes to Octo to Oh, yeah, yeah to not a, the one right before this one. Oh, The Last last Jedi? Yeah. Um, I mean, all she, all she says is, um, you know, she gives hands her the broken piece of life savings. We have everything that we need. But, I mean, within the story, sure, but, like, within the, like, filming it and everything, she died, like, right before or right after The Last yeah. Jedi came out, before we did any principal t- photography on, on this, so. I think, like, they had already planned that it was going to happen, and they, maybe it was supposed to be in the movie, but then they cut it and decided to save it for the next one. That's possible, but it doesn't, there's no place that it really, unless you put it in The Force Awakens, which would drastically change a lot right. of that movie. I mean, I think they've been trying to, I don't want to say s- subtly hint that Leia has, like, force powers, because I felt like that was very obvious. You don't need to subtly obvious. hint. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but, I mean, lots of people were shocked about it, especially, like, whenever her lightsaber was mentioned. Right. It's just because they're dumb and they don't realize that just because something isn't happening directly in front of your face doesn't mean it didn't happen. I mean, the the thing that Ray and, Ray and Kylo have been have been doing of like reaching out to each other luke and leia were the first ones to do that yeah in empire absolutely like she's always been leia's always been way more attuned it's really pointed out in the in the novels and stuff i mean this movie even alludes to it that she had a vision of her of her son, the son that was going to die and everything, and like and so she Leia had to pass it on to someone else, to right? Manage. And like Leia, Leia knew, like on some level, that Palpatine was was still out was still out there, and like Leia was making well, the long knew. play. Leia was, um, Leia was both, you know, the daughter of Anakin Skywalker, and therefore inherited his intuition more than Luke did. Uh, but also, she was a very cunning general, right. and she, those two she, things together made her a brilliant tactician on the level of Palpatine. And like she, she knew that Ray was Palpatine's daughter, mm-hmm. granddaughter. Yeah. Yeah. They, Leia might be the MVP of this whole fucking saga. Oh, you absolutely. Know? Yeah, one hundred percent. Goddamn badass. She, she. I like how they did her, uh, her like death scene. She, yeah. Ride with R two next to her and mm-hmm. just like bookends the whole her whole experience. Yeah, because yeah. like it opens with her and R two meeting, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Well, it's her. It's her um, giving the message to R two. Oh yeah. To send to to yeah. Tatooine to get yeah. him in. We need you, Obi Wan Kenobi. You only hope. Oh man. And like Adam Driver, Kylo Ren like feels it deep in his soul. Yeah. Way before, not way before Ray does, but. Yeah, uh, there were the, we we talked about uh, on the way home whether or not we would have we would have had the Harrison Ford scene. Yeah. If, yes. if if yeah if Leia was still around, if Carrie Fisher hadn't passed on, which you know might might have been true, but I, I like how it showed the dynamism and yeah. that is actually the the tension in in Kylo that made him feel like he could never return to being Ben. Because he, yeah, he was yeah. like never able to forgive himself for the fact that he murdered his father. I'm glad they just replayed 
basically replayed that scene. They didn't, like, have Harrison Ford come in, re- completely record a new scene. Like, it right. was just... And they made it clear, like, this is just your memory. Right. Right. Yeah, this is just you forgiving yourself, basically. Um, Which is what he needed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I still wish he would have done the purification on his lightsaber. Yeah, I, I would have liked that. Uh, people haven't seen Rebels. Um, if you've seen Clone Wars... Um, Spoilers for the, like, fifth season, I think, but um, Ahsoka leaves the Jedi Order and hands over her lightsabers, and during her travels, she comes across an Inquisitor and kills them, takes their lightsabers, and purifies them, and doing so turns their sabers, sabers from red to white. And I thought that would have been a nice uh, thing to show that Ben's, like, really turned or whatever just a nice like thematic thing but at the same time the i don't think there was time for it him well, tossing his saber into the that the, was that was good yeah. that was good it could it could have been more more cinematic i don't but that really, was a really good scene too though. yeah and there really isn't he didn't have the mask so and he's already destroyed the mask and right. rebuilt it so it's like you know what I does the mask really mean? Emotionally, he like needed to exactly. just get rid of it. He That's needed what... right. he needed some some kind of release in that in that yes. scene to show that Ben was letting Kylo Ren go. Uh, and I do like the fact that he had Anakin's saber in the final fight. That was yes. really awesome, and the fact that he uh, fought the Knights of Ren. Yeah. Ooh, that whenever... scene was so fucking cool. Ray's like holding it. They like do the forest bond thing yeah. and then like he gets it it was nice to have that through line too between uh last jedi and and uh, rise yeah, that's just that's the thing like everyone talks about how the movie disrespects or retcons the last jedi or whatever and we'll get we can get into some specific points about that and discuss that but like that's a thing that was very clearly set up in that movie that wasn't in The Force Awakens. Right. You know, like, there was a bond there, but not in that, like, across space and time kind right. of. Like, that's a, a new thing that this movie really built upon and is, this movie wouldn't work without it. Yeah. Yeah. I think what, one of the things that really makes this movie work is the fact that it takes a lot of the stuff that, kind of has like rough edges in The Last Jedi that mm-hmm. people don't can't really cop to and it just sort of softens them up and like, it holds on to them. It says that these are these are these are worthwhile changes. Like this this adds to the story, but we're gonna just make it a little bit more attuned to what the audience kind of expected. And I think there's a little bit of uh, cowardice in that, but also I see the the, the value in it from a storytelling perspective. Right. And they also didn't abandon it, which I think is the absolute most, like, cowardice you can show. Yeah. I think, like, also along with the Bond thing, uh, they even have Finn try and explain it in, like, the most Finn way possible. Mm-hmm. Just be like, it's a feeling. Yeah. Like, whenever he thought Ray was dead, he, like, gasped. And then he goes, no, she's fine. And they asked why, and he yeah. goes, just a feeling. Yeah. Right. It's Which is really good, because, like, I guess he's, like, an intro Anyone who doesn't know the Star Wars universe, just listen to Finn explain things. Right, yeah. Right. That's what's so great about the Star Wars universe is that, like, faith is manifest. Right. If you you believe in the Force and can see how it works, then you have access to the underlying lines that that connect to everything in the universe. And, like, Finn also explains that as well. 
It's like nothing is really disparate in in Star Wars. Like the even the deepest plot holes can potentially be filled just because it's such an open-ended fantasy universe and it's a myth, as you right. said. Yeah. And like yeah, I, I like I tend to lean towards the um, towards the mystical side of it. Like I love I love Mortis. I love um, I love the Last Jedi for that, and you know Dagobah, and yeah. that that side of it is is the part that really really speaks to me. So even when the things that I don't know don't make sense or are a little out outlandish. I try to see them in the in the allegorical sense. You know, it's not necessarily what the what the text is saying, but the subtext of it and what the what the themes and um, and and context and all that of it is trying to trying to get to. And there's a lot of that in this in this movie mm-hmm. like there's a lot of like strong themes of of duality um uh, chris terrio who was the <coughs> the co-writer on this movie talked about uh i forget what other movie he worked on i think some dc movies or something but he talked about how you know when you're working on movies that are at least somewhat grounded in in the real world, uh, that Machinaean duality doesn't really play into it, but it does in Star Wars, where you do have very clear lines of of good and evil, and there is a light and there is a dark, and that duality is at play with each other, and it makes it more more compelling to to create that world with such strong contrast, but especially when this new saga or this new trilogy within the characters themselves it's not so black and white yeah you know individual mm-hmm. people are very very gray and the, mm-hmm. the lines of the of the broader picture are much more clearly defined i think right absolutely i think that's why i loved kotor so much yeah but yeah the in the, in this movie there's there's just so many parallels you can draw and it you it doesn't serve you at all like if you were reading like the Lazarus myth you wouldn't ask oh well how did he bring him back to life <laughs> it just, right. it's, it's just like, not relevant like right. yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't matter like, he was dead for four days that doesn't make any sense right. <laughs> yeah. like that's that's part of the, of the story um no this had like a lot of uh what do you call it just like scenes where someone doesn't say anything, but like they'll look, says so stuff, especially with Poe and uh, what's oh, her name. Okay, that's facial that, acting. Yeah, that's yeah. something to talk about. Um, George Lucas, in, in an interview once, talked about how he's uh, he's a believer that film is a audiovisual experience, and that's that's the pictures and the score. And the dialogue is is a raft that floats along on top of it, but it's secondary to to the story. You know, a film should mostly be carried by by the visuals and the musical accompaniment that tells you the emotion the visuals are trying to get across. And 
I mean, yeah, you can definitely see that in in Lucas's uh, four Star Wars films. I think this one the most so, though. You can definitely see it in this one. You can definitely see that they were trying to um, make something that didn't rely too heavily on, on dialogue. And dialogue is good. I mean, Empire's a dialogue-heavy film. Last Jedi is. I love both of those movies. Um, but there is something to be said for a movie that lets, that doesn't, you can take most of the dialogue out of this movie and you can follow it along just perfectly fine. I've seen people complain about the fact that Ben, after Ben's redeemed, he doesn't really say anything at the end of the movie. He has he's nothing else to. to say. There's nothing. He's yeah, to. yeah, yeah. There's nothing. Just there's nothing to say. Like, right. what's and he that's gonna why say? the kiss feels so deserved. Right. Because right. they don't have anything else to say in that moment. Like, sure, they could have just hugged, but like, right. they they deserved it. They just went through the most harrowing experience right. of their life. Ben just dying. Yeah, that was the last relevant action that Ben possibly could have taken. Right. And. Man, I, I just really love that that happened. I love that they went went with it. Yep. And it, it, it feels earned. It feels like it would have been earned if they hadn't, but also there, it just makes so much sense, and it doesn't it doesn't hurt anything that happened previous, and it actually strengthens a lot of the conflict that we see in them. There's a channel called Wit and Folly, very, very good channel um, that has, does a series. I'm really looking forward to how uh, she interprets this. But very big Raylo fan, and um, has since the Force Awakens has been talking about how, like, thematically on very very esoteric spiritual levels, like as the divine masculine and feminine, how Ray and Ben are destined to end up in this situation, like right. like this. Yes. And the fact that I don't know the. The fact that the that the that the masculine died to bring life back to the feminine is really really deep, and it's a really like profound Tyler Taylor kind of like really deep esoteric Gnostic spirituality that has always been there in Star Wars. Like that Eastern mysticism yeah. has always been there. But to end it on that kind of very clear, like, cosmic kind of note in such a still, quiet moment is, I mean, everything else I can say about the movie, that was beautiful. Like, mm -hmm. I, can, I can give that, like, you know, some things are a bit out, outrageous and outlandish and it's the most Buck Rogers of any of the movies since the prequels. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that end is just wonderful, or that end to the conflict is just wonderful. We'll get to the actual end of the movie uh, in a little bit. And we, I know we did talk about it on the way back home. We, that like, since the life force inside of her is Skywalker, or at least Kylo Ren, right. it's been, that like, she, is Skywalker right. basically now, so that adds like a new layer of meaning onto her taking that right. name as well. I can see somebody feeling a little ill at ease because of the violence inherent in their relationship, but I don't see that as a legitimate parallel to like a, a real world abusive relationship because right. the violence inherent in their world 
is what drew them to to to, to violence. Doing that to each other. Like it wasn't a response to how they viewed each other, the fact that they were fighting. And I think right. they showed, like, like, several times for the film they didn't want to kill each other. They didn't actually want to hurt each other. And that's, right. like, right. Ben's whole thing was he didn't want to, even though Palpatine told him to kill her, he didn't want to. Yeah. Right. He wanted to work with her. Yeah. And, and you know, with the, with the Skywalker thing, um, uh, no, my family's ever going to watch this. My family's fucking awful people. They're, they're horrendous. You know, and I'm I'm ashamed to to have the name that I do sometimes because I'm very there's only like one of my family, so so that whole theme of of you don't have to be linked to to your past, and just because you come from Something awful doesn't mean that you have to follow in that. And for all the people, you know, for all the people out there who are trying to uh, to bury their dead names, I think that Ray Skywalker is actually a really beautiful kind right. of kind sentiment, of message. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, kind of sentiment. Yeah. And oh man, do we want to get into the the final the final uh, nail in the? In the in the naming thing, like that that scene that people are yeah. pastiching. Yeah, I guess we're already there anyway. Right. But I, she is a Skywalker in in both a like a performative sense mm-hmm. and just a uh, like rite of passage. Right. Like yeah, she like she trained underneath Luke and Leia. She has Anakin's and Leia's lightsabers. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, Anakin slash Luke and Leia's lightsabers, yeah. Yep. So it's like, there's no... I can't see how you would have a problem with her claiming the name just because she, by birth, is a Palpatine. Wait, do people? I don't, yeah, think that, yeah. I don't think that's necessarily why that they have an issue with it. I think it's just like, the, the tone of that scene is very like, it's the end of the series now, I'm going to say a thing that ties everything together. And... That part, I can get how somebody would kind of get a little bit, like, skeeved out by it, by just the fact of it being just so on message that it feels, it feels like, yeah. boldly purposeful. But, but also thing to do. Yeah, right. and also, <laughs> it's fucking, we're nine movies into this shit. Let it happen. Right. Let us bookend the thing. Let us fucking find some closure in the right. goddamn I mean, series. Yeah. Like, why do you have an issue with that? I do think it's funny that somebody... Posted the fucking yeah. Ray Star Wars, <laughs> like that's funny, like because she is basically saying, yeah, I embody the the entire thrust of what the the series right. is just trying to say. And I mean, I loved it ending in Tatooine with the name Skywalker because that's how the series opened. I love mm-hmm. anything that right. completely ties itself together like right. that. Right. Yeah. It feels it feels really nostalgic, and I think that's what mm-hmm. people kind of like want to shit on, but. It, you're not going to have a fucking anything with Star Wars in the name and not have nostalgia in the Right. Name. But, I mean, if there wasn't any nostalgia in it, they would hate it even more. Right. Right. But They'd be like, the oh, this completely point. forgot about the fucking, when we see Tatooine, you know. Right. Like, they you know. they yeah. misunderstand the the Last Jedi and think that it it rejects nostalgia and, and demonizes it, and they hate it for it. Right, you know? because they're taking yeah. what was literally said by Ben in that movie yeah. at, to be the mission statement of the film, right. where he's the villain, and he's obviously wrong. 
And, like, even in that film, I think, like, he knows he's wrong as well. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't make sense. Right. I think Why people still feel like that. Th yeah, that's just the nature of his conflict. And he's trying to, he thinks if he can convince Ray of what he wants to believe, that it will become true. But he can't even convince himself. So, was the, was The Last Jedi one of the first reviews we did? Or did we do one for Rogue One? I don't think we did one for Rogue One. Okay. Did we? No. I don't think you weren't. I don't think you were on on cast yet. No. But I think we did. And I didn't watch Rogue One until Might like have. after we started dating. But anyway. I know we we did one for Last Jedi. I know we did. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and you know, I picked up a pattern with this trilogy. A movie will come out. It will. I mean, whether it it does well with critics or or reviews or whatever the online reaction is just shit <laughs> is just shitting on it and then the next one comes and the last one is so good is the best it's thing so ever. good yeah. it's oh my god ever seen. why what happened why the force awakens was so good why did ryan dawson have to ruin the last jedi right. and here we are again yeah right back in the same thing the only problem is with this being the last one and there not being another Star Wars movie until 2022, we're just going to have to listen to people shit on this movie. And I'm, I mean, it's cool that people are giving The Last Jedi its due, but you don't, like, yes, it's it's a better movie than this. On, like, pretty much every level of, like, being a film, The Last Jedi is wonderful. That doesn't mean that this movie has to be bad. It doesn't mean this movie, just because... In the same way that The Last Jedi took things that you expected in The Force Awakens. And, you know, it's like if, like there's, a, if there's a plan and all these different, like, broad things. And, like, you know, so so Snoke doesn't really matter. He's really Palpatine's puppet. And Rey is Palpatine's daughter. And all these different things. Granddaughter. Yeah, granddaughter. Thank you. Um, and all these different. He almost got murdered in the comments. He really saved Yeah. <laughs> And all these different, like, different things it's leading up to. And J.J., like, set up the mystery boxes for Ryan to open. Ryan was just like, okay, whatever. I don't, we're putting those aside. We're not just opening them and saying there's nothing in there. We're saying that's not, that's we're not the point. With, I'm the going point. to, right, I'm going to turn the focus towards the characters and let, and get to know them. So when we open those boxes, they mean more. Which I'm glad they did. Yeah. Yeah, we need some veering off course of JJ's fanboyism. Yeah, because I think we all knew, based on what he did with Star Trek, that he was just gonna be like, "All right, I'm gonna take all those elements that I we already have, and I'm gonna put steroids in them, and that's what we're gonna see." Right. And that worked really well with Star Trek because it, Star Trek is a more like nebulous less of a monomyth kind of thing right it's just it's more of like a uh, morality play than anything i think it's also easier if you do something like that like episodic than if you do it in a movie yeah right because you have more ground you can play with true other and, than like a two hour long film you get once right. a year and star trek movies feel always like they are episodic even if they are intended to be cinematic yeah okay but you know, we, we needed we needed Ryan to, to to come in and say, All right, we have to take this seriously and The Last Jedi is like a little bit too much of that at times. It was a little bit too much pepper on there. Yeah. But uh 
you know, giving it back to JJ, I think, was a good move because he can't. I would have rather, and I'm, I mean, I'm glad I don't live in the world where Colin Trevorrow made episode nine. <laughs> like, no matter how bad you may think this movie is, you can at least agree that it's not Jurassic World. Um, but God, that was such shit. The I guy would, running with like the mojitos was my favorite <laughs> scene out of all of that. I would have, I would have liked someone else to have to have done it. Honestly, I would have liked, and maybe maybe as time has passed, but as one of George's oldest friends and closest confidants, and one of the people who actually understands George, I would have liked Spielberg to have, to have done okay. nine. That would have been really, really interesting to have. I think that would have been a good collab. Yeah. Do you think he... Mm. I would really love to see Spielberg make a Star Wars movie, to be honest. I would too, but I don't know if I'd give... I wouldn't have given him nine, I don't think. You don't think so? Just because it's nine, I think... I would have been better with Spielberg like going at seven. See, the reason why I say I say when I say Spielberg, I think Lucas and Spielberg like actually hire Lucas oh. as, right. as a oh, writer, yeah. Yeah. and oh, then yeah. have Spielberg yeah. as Definitely as that. a director because that's yeah. I mean Lucas's weak point is in direction, but mm -hmm. actually have because I mean then you can just shoot the the discourse right in the dick, you know, <laughs> like. Lucas, George Lucas wrote this movie. You guys can shut up. This is exactly, right. even though, like, you know, Luke, like, a lot of the I ideas and stuff came from from Lucas, like, Luke um, losing uh, an apprentice to the dark side and, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Whatever. Casting himself off. Oh, that's onto, uh, Hermit Heritage? Yeah. Yeah. Um, on hermiting him, that's not the word, that's not a word, but hermiting himself on a, on a fucking abandoned island planet. You're looking for isolating? Planet. What? Are you looking for isolation? Yes. <laughs> isolating himself on a, uh, on an island planet in the middle of nowhere and a girl comes to him to be, to be trained and everything and bring him back to the force. Like, all that was laid out by, by George. Like, you know, like, and so if you had him doing doing Rise and all the ridiculous things that have in it, sure, people would complain, but there wouldn't be the things of, you know, this is disrespecting the the saga or whatever. The saga's ridiculous, dude. Like, especially, like, I'm glad that these movies have actually had the, had the boldness to explore some of the theme and things in the supplemental material. Because the movies up until this point have been relatively safe as far as, like, the parts of the Force they explore and all of, like, the more weird aspects of the of the universe. Right. The the, the ability for the Force to, like, heal people. Yeah. And, and uh, the, you know, the transfer of objects. Yeah. I had completely forgotten about that. Whenever we saw it in this movie, I was like, what's, what's happening? This is a thing still? Right. It's a... Uh, it's if you've played any any video game with uh, with Star Wars characters in it, you you know. I think by it's hard to divorce that from just like the convention of video games being that you have to be able to heal or else you'll die constantly. Right. 
but the fact that it does fit into the mythos. And if you could manipulate matter, why wouldn't you be able to heal right. wounds and yeah. transfer, you know, elements into into people to allow them to to continue? I'm and if life force is a thing, and and to nip this this thing in the bud in the comments, um, Ray had access to Jedi texts that had been lost for God knows how long. So God knows how many techniques that she knew that the Jedi, for whatever reason, had either forgotten or didn't teach. Just because Ray knew how to how to heal people with the Force doesn't mean that the Jedi could. And also, even if they could, because obviously the thing is, well, if, if Ray could just heal Ben, then why couldn't you know Anakin or if Ben could bring Ray back to life, why couldn't Anakin have brought Padme back? Well, first of all, I think alignment has something to do with it too. Alignment has has a lot to do with it. Um, even if the Jedi had known about that ability, Palpatine got to Anakin first and told him that the only way that he could was through the Sith, and Anakin trusted Palpatine enough for that. And also, again, themes and subtext. Anakin failed to to save Padme and Ben succeeded in saving Rey and the difference is Anakin tried to control and you know there wasn't a question of Anakin giving up his life the sacrifice was was necessary like you said the alignment of it is what makes the yeah. what makes the difference when I definitely think Anakin would have given up his life for Padme but in that moment when everything, like, happened, he didn't know that. He thought, like, Luke and Leia, the twins, were dead, too, because he was told that as yeah. well. So he was going through much right. more, like, things mentally and, like, the anguish, I'm sure, wouldn't have been able to, like, let him be in the state where he could have done yeah, I don't, There's There's some speculation as to whether, like, as, as we said uh, 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 a moment ago, that uh, alignment controls, like, what... Like air, like parts of the force you have access to. Sometimes, mm -hmm. like there's some universal powers in the force, but there are some powers that like only Jedi will typically use, and some powers that like only Sith will yeah. typically use. But even apart from that, I think that uh, because of who Anakin was at the time, I don't think it would have even occurred to him to be like, "Oh, I'm going to put my life force into right. it." And you know, because for, for Anakin, it was a thing of not wanting to lose her. Right. So he would have to be there right. to not lose her, too. Like, right. he, he wanted the relationship. He didn't right. want her to be okay. He wanted to have her. Yeah, that is true. Right. Which is why he was, like, pissed off at Obi-Wan, even though Obi-Wan was just trying to protect her, the same, same as he was. His issue was the fact that he was destroying his ability to control her and have his, his yeah, druthers. His... Anakin's life was all about control, and it's probably, you know, stemming from childhood as a slave. Yeah. And it's like, that was his uh, whole thing. Yeah. Now this is pod racing. <laughs> Which, no, it wasn't. It wasn't pod racing. Yeah. It was far Slavery. less pod racing than <laughs> anything he'd experienced up until... Why did he say that? <laughs> now this is pod... Like, he could have been doing anything. He could have been doing anything else. And it would have, like... Oh, man. 
And you have your druthers about that? That's imagining Darth, Darth Vader in the Death Star Trench <laughs> Now this is pod racing. <laughs> he, he throws Palpatine over the edge, and like he's talking to Luke. He's like, now this is pod racing. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, like when people sundown in their old age. Well, that's the last thing he says. Like that's his rosebud. He like, yeah. drops his snow globe. Now this is pod racing. What the fuck did he mean by that? Um, I wish they actually would have done that now. Yeah, fucking Citizen Kane. Was it would have been better than adding no. <laughs> yeah. Like right. If, in literally any time that Vader is just standing there quietly now and just a. Uh, just a still shot. You just, can, just no. <laughs> like that's the sound of him actually breathing in. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, I guess we should get towards wrapping this wrapping this up. I'm I'm sorry. We're all we're all over the place. That's fine. So, um, you knew what you were getting. <laughs> I don't think did. It's been it's been a minute. This might hopefully attract some new. Some new people, the poor so. bastards. Yeah, our timing's actually a lot better with this one than it was previously. Yeah, right. <laughs> so then we also met a um, a planet where all the dwellers were people who had abandoned the uh, first order. Yeah, they were all yeah. Troopers. Um, and then we're pretty sure that one girl is yeah, uh, Lando's, Lando's daughter. daughter. Yeah, right. That's something that we had missed. Yeah. Man, I sure did a lot of fucking there in Cloud City. Now, where are you from? I don't know. <laughs> well, let's go find out. <laughs> spin-off. Yeah. Total spin-off. Oh, yeah. Total spin-off. Um, what else? You know, become private I'll, detectives. On I, I do want to um, to pick a fight with, uh, with people from the internet that aren't here. Um, <laughs> they just said a man in general. And I was like, okay, same. What's up? <laughs> the... Have you seen the people pointing out all the parallels to Endgame? No. no. Like, is that a thing? Yeah, apparently that's that's a thing. Like, the whatever whatever it is that that Lando says to um, to Poe, you're like, like, but we have more. And you turn around and you see the cavalry coming in. Oh yeah. Oh, that's actually. I want to come back to that. Scene. There's more of us. By the yeah. way, Lando feels like. He's in a different movie this whole time. <laughs> he's, he's just smiling and he's, poppy. He's just like, you just have the wrong outlook on life. He's too he's suave and cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, my, that's my favorite fucking thing in the whole goddamn saga is, hey, give Leia my love. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. He's just too fucking smooth for any of these situations. It's just like if you were in a foxhole and you turn next to the guy, you, like, shit your fucking pants, and he's just, like, putting pomade in his hair and, like, shaking his reflection in his, like, mirror. It's goddamn ridiculous. And the and the other one is... But it is real true Lando, though. Yeah. And the... Yeah, like... Yeah, sure, it's not the 70s here anymore, but Lando doesn't know that. Right. Um, Lando will never know that. And the other one is the... I am all of the Sith, and I am all of the Jedi. Yeah. As a, you know, where I'm going with this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. I am inevitable, and I am uh, Iron Man thing. That's not the same at all. It's not yeah, the same at all. And of course, the other one is is like the on your left thing, but like Aaron and I talked about this when we came back from it the other night. Like that's just that's just the cavalry coming in. First of yeah. all, Endgame came out. I. I smoked a lot of weed, so I'll make sure. Endgame <laughs> came out this year, right? Yes. Yes. Did it? 
Yes. Six months ago, right? Fucking what it is did. time? It Holy did. shit. Okay, so um, I this imagine... This was already filmed. Yeah, I imagine <laughs> a shot of like literally a thousand if not more people and like planes and stuff in the sky was had been worked on a little bit longer than six months ago to get done for this right. for this movie. Yeah. Right. And like, yeah, it's just a, and as far as the ray line, again, same, that that's too close for that to have had that impact. It's just, and you know, maybe it's a little bit, a little bit cheesy. That is one thing that, that was already communicated there may have been a better way to say that as the last yeah. line. There's a lot of there's a lot of dialogue in this that feels like it's like okay, you just like like okay, here's the nail and here's the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> like um, the whole the whole uh, uh, Han Solo conversation with Ben, that all that dialogue is just like I mean you can you can write it off as it just being his memory, just sort of like filling in the blanks of his conversation, but it's just like they're just repeating things back to one another. Right. Yeah. And and it wouldn't have been that if Leia. Or if like Carrie Fisher had yeah. still been alive, right, right? We get why he did it and everything, but right. But yeah, there is a lot of like it's fucking Star Wars. Also, the dialogue yeah. has never been like right. just amazing, and it doesn't need to be, and it still is poignant. And yeah, I'm gonna, I mean, I'm gonna go back and watch again with, with that mindset in mind of, just, really just ignoring the, the audio vision, the audio or the dialogue. Hell, I, no, no, I was going to say, I might even just bring my phone along and just listen to music while I'm watching and just can't cancel out the dialogue, but then I won't be able to hear the score. Right. So that's going to fuck it up. I mean, so that brings me back to the scene that I wanted to talk about. Just like when experiment with different albums. Palpatine was, like, giving his speech. I do not remember what the speech was, but I remember the score and him shooting the lightning into the sky yeah. and the reprise that he that they had done for it. And seeing that he didn't even care about the fact that he was shooting his own ships yeah. down, he was just showing he has all the power that he wants in the world. He does not care what he does with it because yeah. he has control. Yeah, that was yeah wonderful. That mattered way more to me than anything that he had just said. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think you can pretty much fill in anything Palpatine says with, Yes, power, it's <laughs> mine. You will do what you are told. Insane. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's just re on repeat. Right. Yeah. You want things? I want things too. And we'll of, see who it works out for. <laughs> and of of course, like it wouldn't have made sense. Like it had to be Palpatine. That there's no other way you could do it. Yeah, with Snoke gone, who is left? To well, I mean, if, if fuck Snoke being gone. Who the fuck is Snoke? Where the fuck? Right. I mean, like we have six movies of of one guy pulling the strings, and, and then this then other the, one just came out of nowhere. Yeah, and, yeah. and it, makes, it seems very obvious in retrospect that it was just Palpatine just it, puppeting things the whole time, exactly. as he's always done. Exactly. Right. Like it is always the Skywalkers, and it is always Palpatine. Right. Yeah. That's it's it's Shakespearean. Like it's a huge, you know, galactic drama centered around these two families in conflict with each other, basically. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Feuding. Yeah, some family feuding. Yeah. I guess uh, <laughs> the last thing I can think of that anyone, like, even talked, well, mentioned on the internet was uh, Chewie finally got to... Yeah, he finally medal. got his medal. Right. Yeah. That was nice. 
Well, speaking of Family Feud, though, it, in my mind, I just absolutely saw fucking like Palpatine and Ray coming <laughs> up to like <laughs> the things you've accidentally killed people with. Bing, Force Lightning. <laughs> Show me Force Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else has Ray accidentally killed anyone with anything like super strange? I mean, the Force Lightning thing is yeah, I, that's the only accidental murder I think I I can think of with her. Fair enough. Manslaughter. Stormtrooper slaughter. Yeah. And Papa she would just be like accidental. Right. So, um and the I don't know, the last Jedi maybe does a yeah, certainly does a better a better job of it with uh with Canto Bite and um you know, actually like opening up the military industrial complex of this whole What's up, dude? He was trying so hard. <laughs> I know. Of this whole, of this whole thing. Um, you know, cinematically, that's where I feel that Last Jedi suffers the most. But like, I disagree. I, see, here, here's where I'm going with it: is that I think that it has the strongest parallel of anything in Star Wars to real world events. Yeah. Because that that whole scene is is drawing into like economic realities and how power is used to, to undermine uh, people's livelihoods and like how slavery works in, in an economic sense and how yeah. how people are exploited and what power actually means and does to people. No, I, I agree. That's, that's the... Everything else in that movie I loved in the first... Uh, the first, first watch and immediately the Canto Bite had to had to win me over and I had to actually yeah. wrestle with that more than the other parts of the film. But now it's probably one of my favorite things other than the the end of the movie. Although it's really hard to pick. I just love that movie overall. But, right. um, you know, Star Wars has always had very strong um, guerrilla revolutionary against fascism kind of kind of themes to it right the main cast in star wars in in new hope might as well be the Viet Cong. right yeah that's yeah that's the that's the parallel that's that's being drawn especially in uh in jedi you know the yeah that's literally forest guerrilla warfare yeah. versus an invading industrial it, empire it, right do you remember when we walked out of the theater and i went Man, I wonder what it'd be like to realize you're in a war for the last several years that was completely pointless, and then just oh. Yeah. <laughs> just like, man, could you imagine if there was like a central consolidated power that was just undermining all of these local sovereignties and <laughs> taking over people's religious identities and uh, sort of just replacing all of their ideologies with this monolithic uh, force of power? Oh, it's almost man. like it's actually happening. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the empires. America, it always was. But the final and Reagan order... has the balls to be like, oh, the Soviets are... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? I'm glad he's dead. The same. His movies are shitty, too. <laughs> yeah, that very much so. Got drunk with a monkey once. That was funny. Um, yeah, actors don't make great politicians. Sorry, Arn. But um, the final order... Yeah. The final, the final, final order. order. Yeah. You like mean like the leaning, Nazis? Yeah. It's leaning, like... leaning into that one super hard. <laughs> like, 
Oh, yeah, it was just the ultimate just... consequence. Oh, what does that remind me of? It's like, right. <laughs> we will secure a future for for our Padawans. And... Uh, yes, I love this nice white armor on these stormtroopers. So nice, white, clean. Yeah. Oh, Hux. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't talk about oh! the traitor. Oh my God, that's oh my God. that's such. Oh, oh that's so fucking funny. Hux was the mole, and he didn't even care. He just didn't want Kylo to yeah. win. Right. One Which of I the linchpins. One of the linchpins of the revolution is spite. It's just pure spite. Right. Which I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> uh, I'm the, the spy. I get up in the morning. But no, the like, top thing spy shouldn't say. Fucking, I'm the spy. Because what else? Because after The Last Jedi kind of makes him into a laughing stock to elevate Kylo Ren, uh, what are you going to do with, with Hux? Yeah. You know, he can't challenge him internally. Right. Like He has the advantage of being a force wielder. So while Hux may have thought that he was going to you know, be military commander or whatever, that's obviously... You can't really take that seriously after his character in The Last Jedi, so what do you do but replace him with a more... And I feel like I've seen Pride somewhere before. Yes, but I don't remember where. Right. Is he in The Mandalorian, maybe? I need to go back and, and watch and see. But no. Pride, the, the, the de facto commander? Yeah. Uh, Pride dies, so he wouldn't be in The Mandalorian. Mandalorian happens before this. Right. Oh, I thought Mandalorian happened after. Mm-mm. I don't. No, this is the end be, of everything we know. He might be, but I don't think know. that we've seen like any of the commanders. Yeah, and... but he says he's. He said he was with him since the beginning. Yeah. Was he? Is he? He's an old enough actor to have been around then. But like, I, think I we'd seen him with Palpatine before. He might be like in the, like background scenes. Of he might have like been a senator. I mean, I've definitely seen him in like that full-on attire previously, but I don't maybe know why he's in or the, where. Maybe he's in the background in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. I have to go back and watch. He's either in, he's either in that or in Mandalorian. I know he's not in the uh, the original old ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but huh. yeah, I mean, we can go on for for days on this, but. Um, I guess we'll we'll wrap it with uh, I don't know I want to go with out of ten or five or ten whichever whichever what's your uh, what's your score you know what I'm gonna say as a conclusion to the Star Wars saga mm -hmm. I'm gonna give it a nine nine out of ten because mm -hmm. it, it was that satisfying to me yeah but like as a movie I'm gonna give it like a 7.5. Yeah, I can agree to that. It looks like Pride was um, an Imperial officer for the Galactic Empire prior to all of this. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, but, like, actually we saw him in the films prior. Which ones? It, it's not, the wiki's not telling me directly which ones. I'm going to have to go through, like, other links to find well, that. Well, yeah, I'll find it out. Yeah. Um, what you, Goose? I would definitely say, like, a, I don't want to give it, like, a perfect 10, but, like, definitely a 9. Or like eight or nine. Nine. Because I love it just specifically for like how it wraps up and all the nostalgia that it yeah. brings. Um, yeah, I'll agree with the with the nine on uh, on the nostalgia wrap up as a film. I'm gonna say probably six point five seven. Yeah. Which would be about 
about where I I rank revenge. Would you care to explain that? Um. Well, you know, as we as we mentioned, like dialogue's not that strong. Yeah, dia- dialogue's a little bit weak. The the pacing is a little bit rushed at points. The very beginning, yeah. Yeah, it really benefits from a second watch, and not in the way that the Force Awakens and Last Jedi did of just wanting to engage more, but there being so much that it almost requires a second watch to actually like really catch everything yeah. and to like process everything that's happening because so much happens at, at once. I definitely um, want to see it again before it's out of theaters. Yeah. And um, it just, it's not, it's not bad by any means. Um, it just lacks, there's, there's a certain level of, of forethought and depth that Star Wars is capable of that this movie doesn't quite get to except in a few a few things like Ben's redemption the the end with with Ray and Ben and <coughs> um I mean those may be the only ones that are on the level of like what last Jedi carries through its whole movie or or Empire carries through its whole movie of that kind of depth and like almost sub subconscious level of of filmmaking. Uh, it's a great film, or it's a it's a great movie. It's not necessarily a great film, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I totally get what you mean. I don't think that there's anything I would like necessarily want to be different. That's why I think it's such a good movie. I yeah. mean, obviously, like dialogue and stuff. There's nothing but... I would want to be different. I just think that execution could have been better in some things. That's why I say I think Jade or Ryan would have done it more interesting. And, like, even if you had taken the exact same points in The Last Jedi and given it to J.J., I don't think it would have been an interesting of a movie. Right. Like, there's right. subtle things that a director does, even if all the plot points are exactly the same. Um, how that's interpreted and everything matters. And I think that Ryan would have done this more interesting if he had had it, but there's nothing within the text of the film itself that I necessarily disagree with. It's right. just some of the execution falls flat or whatever. What I would like for the the community to take away from all this is that like criticism is is good. Like you yeah. should you should be discerning about what you view, but thinking that critically you can take something away like this this movie happened like right. it's you're not going to gain anything by saying it should have been a different way or that we deserved something else or that like it could have been like better and and all this i mean like obviously you can say like give specific criticisms but like yeah it is what it is and you can either like criticize or appreciate based on different merits and just Use your criticism for the betterment of your own understanding of film and, like, try to appreciate what you can. And, and mythology and the stories that mythology is trying, is trying to tell you. Like, you know, George has talked many times about how Star Wars is for kids. And the point of it at its core is to the reason why we, 
why we tell stories in the first place is to impart lessons and our moral philosophy onto the next generation so they can they can learn and have something to in, to engage with it's also deeply empowering like the whole message of, yeah. of yeah, star wars like it's so i could never come out of that movie feeling like oh well life is bullshit i feel like pointless and, like i don't have a place in the world no, right you walk like, out and you're like let's start a coup yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's a better button than i could think of bye <laughs>